When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. In this episode, I interview a really good friend of mine, Erin Livingston, and I wanted to bring her on because she has an extraordinary story that includes a cancer diagnosis and recovery, making big changes in her relationship choices, and also following a life dream that has been chasing her for a long time and really choosing her first. And I know that this will speak to many of you who are in your own soul recovery experience. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. I'm Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I'm so excited to have you here today because for this episode, I have Erin Livingston with me. Say hi, Erin. Hi, everyone. She's on the other screen, a Zoom with me. And I wanted to bring Erin on because she's a really good friend of mine, and she has an extraordinary story of inspiration, strength, and hope that I think will really benefit the listeners and the people who are on their own soul recovery journey. Erin, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and maybe how we met and who you are? I'm Erin. And gosh, Rachel, I can't remember how many years ago we met each other, but maybe, maybe about six I think or like seven five years or ago. Six or maybe even okay. seven. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while ago. And we met through a sport called river surfing. And Rachel's husband um, was a river surfer with me. I just met Rachel through that, um, just going to different rivers and 
surfing and talking with Rachel on the sides of the rivers. It was just so much fun. So I really love the outdoors. I thrive on being outside and around people. I think what really drew me to you, Rachel, was just your openness and your your honesty and just my ability to talk with you about life and about changes that were going on in life and just made me feel more open in a, in a way that was different from the people that I was being active and athletic with. Mm. You know, what I think about when I think of you is I was watching Rich out there surfing and Bodhi was with him at the time, right? And I would look out and there's mostly guys and yes. Aaron was out there just killing it out on these <laughs> river waves. And I was just always so impressed. And we had become friends in that nature. And then I think I invited you to come hear me talk or sing or something at Columbine. And so you knew about the spiritual center that I attended. Mm -hmm. And then they taught a class on Prosperity Plus, which is something that I teach here about visioning. And I walk in one day and you're coming into the class and I was so excited. Yeah, <laughs> it was so, it was actually just it was a divine connection within the universe when you invited me to Columbine. You were singing. And I had actually been on a quest for years to try to find a new spiritual community. And I just couldn't find one. And I had given up. I just assumed that there wasn't one out there for me. When I was at Columbine that day, I was I just decided that that was the place for me to continue my spiritual evolution. And then, yeah, Prosperity Plus, that really kicked things into higher gear for me. So Prosperity yeah. Plus, if this is your first time hearing about it, is a spiritual program about visioning and utilizing the tools of the law of attraction and looking at your life in the four quadrants relationship, vocation, health, and time and money freedom, and and allowing yourself to dream and to hear the voice of spirit speaking through you about what is the best and right thing for you. And at that time in your life, Erin, what did you have on that list that wasn't on your list at all? So what did I have on that list that I created during Prosperity Plus? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like, I know, I know, because I know you. And so I know I'm jumping way ahead. But there was some aspects of what was going on in your life that you that you put on these visions, these statements of ability to dream bigger than what was happening in your life. And that yeah. didn't even seem on the possibilities that have have come to fruition for you maybe we should maybe we should hold that maybe we should leave okay. that as a teaser and say just so you know you're gonna find out that she put things in that class that then happened so, so then, many things so many things so that was in the fall and then the following spring you had something happen in your life that was pretty major right so that was in the fall that we did all of that visioning and then in the spring of 2019, I was actually getting ready to go on a big celebratory trip. Um, my then partner and I were going to spend the entire summer surfing along the Baja Peninsula in Mexico. And instead, in May, I found a lump in my breast and I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, that May of 2019, yeah. which, you know, really rocked my world. And how old were you at that time? 
I was 38 when I was diagnosed. So young. Mm -hmm. And you made a big choice. What did you decide? Well, um, my decision, I feel like I have to give away a little bit of the spoiler. Yeah, it's a big my my decision was very much connected to, you know, as soon as I heard those words, it's cancer. You know, I had two thoughts that ran through my mind, just two huge pieces of grief um rushed through me. One was that I never felt like I found that committed relationship similar to that of a marriage. And the other was that I never became a mother. Mm. And it was so heavy for me. It was all I could really think about the whole time that I was on that call, hearing them talk about my cancer. And so I decided in that moment pretty much that I was going to do everything I could moving forward to at least make being a mother possible. Uh, and so if there was a way that I could have a healthy full life after cancer, then I was going to do it. And so I made the decision to have a bilateral mastectomy followed by chemo and then followed by hormone therapy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember how incredibly brave you were and courageous at that time and that choice that you made, that you made a a much more extreme choice to give you the best chance to make choices for yourself along the way that were so profound from that experience. And you were so strong and amazing. And one of the things that's kind of on an aside is you started doing this crazy, super healthy. I mean, you were pretty crazy eater anyway, but now she is like a super healthy, changed everything about how you eat. That's true. That was another (laughs) huge change. And Rachel, I appreciate you saying that I was a healthy eater before, but I was raised in the Midwest. And so casseroles and nachos and everything like that was top on my cooking list. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I started also working with a natural oncologist who taught me all about just clean eating. And so I radically, radically, radically changed my diet. And I also credit my healing process with that healthy diet. It was really difficult. Luckily, my my then partner had so much background with healthy, clean eating. And so he helped me a ton. But Jeez, <sighs> what a lifestyle. And, yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, still to this day, she does so many of those things. My so- breakfast takes about two hours to <laughs> start to finish. I know, but you should see her on the screen. She, her skin glows. She is the most beautiful, radiant self. And it just is obvious that you're, you're eating well, that your body is well-fed. So you make it through cancer Mm -hmm. and that sparks, is that when you started taking the classes, the death and dying classes? Was that right after the cancer? So that was actually during cancer. I, I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer. And, you know, the question that I wanted to know the answer to was, I wanted to know what, what does this mean about my mortality? How long do I have to live? What are the chances of my cancer coming back? And I was really gathering this, you know, for my own knowledge, but also for my decision that I was trying to make of whether I felt like it was a a safe decision to have a child and to bring a child into the world. And no one would talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. My oncologist, who I love and is wonderful, 
you know, I was 38. She didn't want to talk about me dying. She wanted me to stay strong and healthy. And um, that's what a lot of people said. No, you're strong. You're going to make it. But the thing is, I, I knew that I was strong and I knew that I would make it. And I still really needed to talk about death and dying. When you hear you have cancer, that's the first thing you think about is dying. And it just felt like no one, no one heard me. No one understood what I was going through. And so I took a class about death and dying. And through that process, I learned about end-of-life doula work. And so that's kind of what brought me down that path of my life. And when you made some of the big decisions that we'll talk about here, was it through the death and dying courses that you learned and took that helped make those big choices for you? And, you know, this is soul recovery. So part of what I think happens when you have a major diagnosis like that, or you have a big shakeup life event that we all have, and we start asking deep questions, where was that part of you that was starting to really reach in and connect with your definition of higher power your willingness to look at these things, your desire to have more. Did you feel like you were being guided to the the death and dying classes through that process? Or do you think that process was helping you connect more with spirit? That's a really good question. I feel like it was a combination of both. I feel like I was guided toward these classes, definitely through spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, after I had gone through my treatment, I, I think I met three or four people just right in a row who were end of life doulas or worked Mm -hmm. in end of life. And it just really felt like spirit was like, okay, Aaron, you're ready. Let's go. Let's start this. And I, I also think that through taking these courses and through just looking at myself through a different lens, I also was being drawn deeper into spirit and being brought back to prosperity plus and what is actually, there's no limit to what's possible. It's just what is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the unlimited nature of all of it. Mm -hmm. And you offered a class after you graduated about the three best months. And you took that as part of your training, right? Mm -hmm. And part of what happened. So what happened for you when you took that class? And then I'll tell you what happened for me when I took it from you. Perfect. So through the best three months course, that is a course that really changed my trajectory and made me look at things and just be in a really honest way. Um, And so through this course, what we look at are these five basic domains of life, your physical body, like finding comfort, your relationships, purpose in your life, honoring your beliefs and practices through spirituality, and then the actual practicality of after death care. And really, when I was taking these this course myself, and I was answering the questions, the ones that really got to me were the ones around life legacy, and just what are the things that I'm most proud of in my life? And what do I want to leave behind? For me, I've lived an amazing, beautiful life that I just feel so lucky to have lived. My partner and I traveled the U.S. and Canada for an entire year, just living in a van and surfing and climbing. And I've, I've traveled so much and done so many beautiful things outside. And I'm a teacher, which is also very fulfilling. And 
I still, when I was looking at these questions and thinking, when I die, when I'm actually on my deathbed, what am I going to be the most proud of? And I just couldn't find life fulfillment in a trip or in a surf session or in a rock climb. While those bring so much meaning and joy to my life, it's not it's not my life legacy. And it's having a child and being a mother is my true life legacy. Mm-hmm. And so it just kept coming up for me that I wasn't really being true to myself and I wasn't following my own path in in what is meaningful and most important to me. So what'd you do? Oh, Rachel. So through that process, I finally, it and this didn't, was not a fast process. It took many months uh, and many therapy sessions and many oh. journal entries. I, I did end up researching ways to become pregnant. And my partner and I had a lot of really hard conversations and went through therapy ourselves. And in the end, he decided that having a child was not part of his life path. And I decided that it was my life path. And so I had to make the impossible choice and I had to leave that relationship and follow this new path of mine. I think it's so unbelievably courageous. It, it tears me up every time, really, to see you make the choice that was the right choice for you and leave something that was good and safe and mm-hmm. do what your soul knew was right for you. I mean, it's so profound and so brave, so brave. And you didn't even know if you were going to be a mom, right? I so didn't. it's like, you know, you're stepping out in faith and saying, this this is so important to me. I need to pursue this action. I need to at least try. Mm -hmm. I need to at least try. And so pretty much right away, the ball started rolling. Yeah, the ball rolled pretty quickly. I had done some pre-research because I wasn't sure. I I didn't want to leave this relationship. There was a lot of beauty and joy and love. And so I didn't want to leave it if this wasn't a possibility. And so I had done a lot of research and I had talked to my oncologist a lot about whether or not it is safe. And in the end, what I found was embryo adoption, uh, which is what seemed to be the best for me. Mm-hmm. Since going through breast cancer, which my my breast cancer was hormone driven. So trying to retrieve my eggs just added further complications of adding more hormones to my body, which could bring cancer back. And so I found this beautiful company who adopts embryos out. So families who have extra embryos after going through IVF themselves can meet up with different people like myself and they can say yes or no if they'd like me to adopt their embryos. And so I was I had I had kind of done all of that research and knew that that was at least possible before ending my relationship. And then things moved so quickly after that. Mm. You know, my fertility doctor really didn't think it would work right away. By this time, I was over 40. And I had gone through cancer treatment. So no one knew, you know, what my uterus would handle and what my body would handle. So she wanted me to start as soon as possible because she thought it would take a few rounds. And it 
worked on the first try, which was (laughs) magical (laughs) and terrifying. (laughs) So I was so honored and absolutely (laughs) just blown away when Erin allowed me to drive her down to do her insemination. And I couldn't go in with her because it was all the COVID stuff and everything. So I drove her down and waited in the car and we came back to her place and did a whole, you know, Rev Rachel ceremony and ritual and left her resting with the music and the the whole shebang. And it's and it's kept. And when are you due? I'm due in three days. In three days. <laughs> oh my god. I know. I can't believe it. She is so cute, people. I can't even tell you how cute she is. I'll mm-hmm. I'll make the thumbnail of the podcast show how adorable she is. And we, she has just been surrounded by love and, and it has not been an easy journey. Not everybody in your life has jumped on board right away. Although I think everybody's on the boat now, you know, it's an unusual circumstance. It's an unusual situation. It is. It's really unusual. And, you know, I think that I had so many people that did struggle with it for different reasons And I think that it all came from a place of love. You know, some people didn't understand how I would leave a relationship where there was happiness and love. And some people didn't understand why I would want to become a single mother Mm -hmm. on purpose. And especially after a cancer diagnosis, I had a lot of people that were really worried about me. And so there were a lot of kind of roadblocks and people questioning me, which was difficult Mm -hmm. because I was struggling as well, you know? And so it did make it harder, but it also, each time someone stood up to me kind of filled me as well. And it made me, made me sit back and think, no, I did. I made this choice on purpose. And this is why, because if I didn't, I would be in this same place where I didn't think it was fair to myself or my partner of always wondering and always wanting more. I want to be and I strive to be in a relationship one day where I feel complete fulfillment. And I don't feel like wanting um, and hoping for some sort of change or difference in the other person. I love that because soul recovery is about accepting people for who they are. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we settle, but it also doesn't mean we have unrealistic expectations. But you looked in this relationship and and the honesty of of loving somebody enough to say, I couldn't make you do something that doesn't feel right to you. And I need you to love me enough to let me do what I need to do because we can't make each other have to give up something that's so true to who we are. It's it's profound. It really is profound. And where was higher power for you in all of this? Did you feel supported all along the way? I did. I always felt supported. And I feel like it would come out in in the most mundane ways and and the most profound ways. I would go to bed, you know, just like, oh gosh, did I make the right decision? And And that night I would dream of being pregnant Mm. um, or, you know, I didn't know where I was going to live. And then suddenly this most perfect apartment in the backyard of one of my very good friends pops up um, as available. So I feel like throughout this whole process, 
spirit has just been providing me with what I need. And it's just been so wonderful. And and as I just trusted that process and trusted that I was right where I needed, I, I could also just feel myself being filled with strength mm. and being filled with sureness. And I feel like that's also where my higher power comes in is just like within myself mm-hmm. and feeling like I don't need approval from anyone. And I've been equipped with what I need to make these decisions and changes in my life. And I think that that comes from spirit in the universe. That's amazing. So um, I'll back up, back up, backtrack to April of this year. She offered three best months as part of her finalization of getting her certification in the death doula and end of life coaching. And so she offered it to a group of us and my mom was one of the participants and I was, and then a couple other people were, and it was such a profound class for me too. And I love that it opens up to this place where you just continue to let the universe guide you. When I took the class, the death date was May 1st. And when we're in the class at that time, I'm working at the spiritual center. I'm doing recover your soul part-time. I'm basically working seven days a week because I'm trying to do everything. And my whole heart wants to be doing Recover Your Soul full-time and knows that I want to step out in faith and do this. And when I took the class with Erin, I was so moved by the way that the class asks you questions and encourages you to think in ways and talk about things that are uncomfortable to talk about. Most of us don't think talking about death and dying is something that we want to talk about. But my mom and I ended up having profound conversations with each other as mother and daughter about death and what does she want and what do I want? And the assumption is that she goes first, but we don't know, you know, how all that's going to work out. And then more than that, the same inspiration that you had about legacy, my inspiration of who am I and what I want to be doing with my time and how can I be my best self was the catalyst that had me leave that like you left a good relationship and I left a good job. I left a quality good job of people that wanted me to be there and left it similarly to you to like step out in faith for this birthing of this thing that I knew was what I needed to be and what I wanted to be doing. And because my quote unquote three month death day was May 1st, I had to hurry up and get it going before my my death day. And so I really credit um, Aaron a lot with really helping me have the strength and the fortitude and the willingness to step out in faith and do this full time. And I am ecstatic that I did, as I think you're ecstatic that you made the choice that you made. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So going back, we're going to circle back to the Prosperity Plus. So that was 2000 and the fall of 2018, quite a few years ago. What was on those dreams that didn't exist at that point? So other than being a mother, I also had on there that I would have some sort of job or career or life path that offered me flexibility and that offered me to connect with people in a different way and also 
financially supported me. And I would have never guessed that being an end-of-life doula is what that would have turned out to be. But it really has. I've I've had the amazing opportunity to walk next to two clients now. And it's just been an incredible, incredible journey. I feel so honored to have been welcomed into their lives and to talk with them. And I'm so excited to be offering this best three months course. I And I, again, you know, I assumed it would be something in teaching or something. It's just the way, you know, the universe just is that's like, right. no, no, that's not it. I know. That's why we, that's why you come <laughs> up with those generalizations and then spirit brings it to you. And then the doula thing I think is interesting because you would assume that it would mean like directly like in somebody passing, but it's not. No, it very much can be that, but it's also, it was just so surprising for me in my learning and in my coursework that it's very much for people who are living. You don't Mm -hmm. even have to have a terminal diagnosis. It's really trying to find ways to live your most authentic life and Talking about it through the lens of death really kind of gives you that urgency and that feeling of, okay, yeah, I am going to die. I need to make this happen because I think that I knew that I wanted to be a mom for the past my whole life, (laughs) you know, but I just kept thinking, oh, yeah, one day, one day, one day. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed with cancer and I was faced with, oh, I, I am going to die. And this is a very real thing that I actually started to take those steps to move forward with how to live my life most authentically. Yeah, absolutely. And also in your quadrants of health, you're much healthier. Yeah. I said that I would like to own a car, which is funny. I haven't owned a car in a while. (laughs) And I just had the opportunity to buy my very first car, which was really exciting. And also to own a home. And I'm currently figuring that process out, which is just incredible. That's even on the list of things of possibility for me. But, you know, going back and looking at that, it's just unbelievable at how many things and also relationships I wanted to bring more female relationships closer to me. Like you were saying, Rachel, with the sports that I choose to do frequently, I'm surrounded by many males and the women that I'm surrounded with since my cancer diagnosis and since this whole process of becoming a mother, it's an incredible blessing on my life. All of the women. I've just watched you transform from something that was really amazing. I mean, it's that's the thing that's interesting about soul recovery is you don't have to be in a place where everything was terrible. You had a beautiful life. And this wake up call that you had said this and something better still. This and something better still. And really just leaning in and trusting spirit and allowing the guidance and blossoming and blooming into your full self. One of her things that we don't even know if it's a boy or girl, there's a lot of loose ends. We were just talking about how her school's still looking for a sub for her (laughs) class, which, you know, she's giving birth any time now. I am so grateful for you to share your journey with us. And it's so inspirational just in so, 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 so many ways. And 
you know, learning about things like I never really understood the death doula concept and the way that you allowed those conversations to happen. In the show notes, I'll have contact information for Erin. We're working on her website. She's working on that, but she's got her Instagram. It's an amazing thing to start talking about. You're going to be offering the class coming up, right? So to check out on that Instagram and upcoming website when those are coming, because this podcast will go for a long time. So even if you're listening years from now, check her out and you'll get to see then you'll get to see a little toddler instead of a little in the oven. (laughs) And such a testament to the visioning process, the trusting, the seeing the unlimited potential of our lives and walking that path. That's what you have inspired me with. Thank you, Rachel. That means a lot. We're both just smiling and all teary on our our screen. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. I will also put in the show notes, some links on cancer survivor or cancer information, because you are also such a beacon of light in that arena as well, and the choices that you've made. And I just thank you for your time and love today. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It was so lovely to talk to you and just share more of my story with others. It's an amazing story. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change, and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.